This is Raspberry Lemonade, the Arnold Palmer of podcasts. A refreshing dive into the stories of industry professionals, both sweet and sour. And now your host, Mr. Levi. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Raspberry Lemonade. I'm your host, Mr. Levi. I'm here with my boy Kings today. Sir, how you doing? feeling today? Feeling all right. I was feeling kind of down today, but I'm here now. I'm feeling great. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You were telling me that you went to the gym, man. That's always good. Of course, man. Come on now. You know, gotta man. gotta keep those those muscles right all the time, yeah. all the time, bigger and bigger. You know, yeah. I, got, I got to get a little leaner right now. Lose, lose maybe like five, ten pounds after that. I would be happy. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, gym part is the easy part for me. It's the it's the consistently it's the consistently eating, man. Like, all right, what did I have last night? I had like pizza and fries and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Dang, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I know. Right? Oh no, 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 no! It's phenomenal. No, it's phenomenal. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it is with me. <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. I uh, just realized that we're kind of like matching with you know the green tones. Uh-huh, I noticed. I was gonna call it out. Yeah, man of good taste. <laughs> yes, sir. Always. But uh, yeah. So, thank you for coming on. Um, let's just get right into it, man. I like to ask the guests that we got have on here. Uh, tell them. Tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. and what you do. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so my full name is Namdi Kingsley Okwariku, right? Middle name is Kingsley, so everyone calls me Kings. Um, it's funny how you posted the on your story, the era, uh, Levi being your middle name and whatnot. Then I came, I took that, I saw that story. I actually <laughs> made my own post and was like, oh, introduce yourself as your middle name. And I was like, Kingsley. And so um, <laughs> um, that's how, you know, that's where that name comes from and everything. But I'm born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Mass. What's uh, up? Yes, sir. What's up, Boston? What's up, six one seven? Yes, sir. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, born and raised in Boston. Um, I'm 24 years old. Um, I moved to Los Angeles in April of this year, 2022, and um, I've been just hitting the ground running. You know, trying my best, trying my best. You know, before this, I was working in commercial real estate. I made a bunch of content on YouTube before in entertainment doing pranks, challenges, vlogs, um, recording like college life, like all kinds of things like that. Um, and that was cool and that was great. Um, and now trying to do the kind of the same stuff, but pretty much in the real estate world, right? Trying to go crazy in the real estate world with a whole bunch of content and everything and really try to uh, master the, the, uh, the marketing side. So we'll see how we can do. Yeah, man, I seen you. You're like you definitely got the content part down. If you haven't seen his stuff, definitely give him a follow. Yes, we'll have all that in the description. Yes, sir. Uh, but bro, <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're totally knocking it out of the park there. I appreciate. And it, uh, I, I see, like, I see the flip that you've been working on—a million dollar flip. Like, that's yes, insane, bro. Appreciate it, dog. Can you tell us a little more about that? Like, yeah. how's that going? A hundred percent. It's going well. It's going well. We're probably like halfway through the renovation. Um, the project needs a lot of work. Um, I think we, when we first found the house, everything, it was what, it was like a hoarder house and everything. So there was a garage was full of everything from the bottom all the way to the top of the garage. Same stuff with many of the rooms. Um, so there were so many things in that house. So it took us some time to, you know, take a lot of that stuff out, but then it also took us more time for permits and like waiting for plans to be approved and everything. And I'm learning a lot during this process too, right? I'm learning about like the we needed an architect because we were removing walls and whatnot. And we have all these like special beams that we needed for support. And we had to wait like two or three weeks um, to get that stuff cleared before we can properly, you know, um, continue renovating the house and stuff like that. And so that was new for me back in Boston when I was flipping. I was doing kind of like really quick flips and whatnot. And oh, it was okay. like on the outskirts of the city. 
But now we're like Culver City is like, you know, deep in the middle of the city of like in L.A. really. And um, and um, it's like deep in the middle over there. And, you know, we can't really kind of it's hard to skip corners with something like this, you know, right. um, and especially now. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent with everything going on right now, too. We got to make everything pristine. And we're doing everything over from the like from as far as electrical, the plumbing, the HVAC, all that kind of stuff. Um, everything except for the roof. Right. So the roof was good. Um, but everything, the cosmetics, we're, you know, we're opening up a, the kitchen, we're doing a new kitchen, new bath, all these kind of things. So, um, yeah, we're doing it all. So it's taking some time, but slowly, but surely, you know, um, we're getting through, you're going to have to come by and see the house when it's all finished. Oh, that's definitely and all this stuff too. Cause we had, we had a meetup there when it was like at its roughest point. And then, um, I would love to do another meetup, like when it's nice and we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely. Yeah. And like, I'm sure you'll post about it. So definitely, you know, 100%. be on the lookout for that yes, when sir. that comes around. Yes, sir. But awesome, man. So tell us more like about how, how long you've actually been in the real estate game and, and you know, with the investing side and stuff like that. 100%. So, um, yeah, man, great question. So I graduated in 2020 from Boston University School with a degree in real estate, right? The degree... You know, now in hindsight, I don't want to say it was completely useless, but it just kind of taught me about maybe real estate on a bigger scheme, kind of, you know, talked to me about real estate development and commercial real estate and, um, you know, urban planning, stuff like that, um, which is great. But I wanted to learn, like, how do I flip? How do I make 30K, 40K in a few mm, months? Uh, right. How do I make 100K in a few months? That, that was what, I, what really interested me. Um, and so, uh, but with that job at the time, I was like, all right, you know, cool. I can probably learn a lot of real estate if I, you know, work for one of these companies with this degree. And I started working for a commercial real estate company called Collier's. And um, I think after three months there, I was like, all right, it's a little slow here. Like, this is this is taking too long for me to make 100K. You know what I'm saying? My salary was 60K at the time. And I was like, man, like, how do I? How? I remember asking the first week, asking my mentor in the commercial real estate space. I said, hey, how do, what's the quickest way for me to make 100K? Like, literally. And uh, he was like, yeah, you might get lucky. Do this, blah, blah, blah. Maybe by next year, da, 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 da. And I'm here watching these videos on the side about flipping and wholesaling and everything. Mm, um, I see. So I think three months into that job, I got that job in like June 2020. Uh, three months into it, I think I'd saved up about like 10, it was about 10K, just around 10K. I remember when I was like, hey, when I hit that 10K mark, I'm going to hit the road and start looking for my first flip. Um, I'm, a, I'm a partner with somebody or something, split the funds, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But once I hit that 10K mark, I'm going to go on the road and start looking. And that's what I did. So that's when I started searching for my first deal and i didn't get my first deal until uh april um when i got something on the contract and then closing in june of then that following year so nice but about a year and a half i would say almost two years in real estate that's insane man 100%. but still that's like it, it looks like you've come so far in just yeah. you know two years like two years for some people it's like oh my gosh two years yeah but it's really not that long yeah 100 percent. yeah I did, it's, i've done uh it was what two flips of this condo at a single family home, and then now I'm doing this million dollar flip here in LA, and I also did a wholesale deal, um, and whatnot back in Massachusetts. So it's five deals, in that time, which, I mean, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of quick turnarounds for a lot of the things, and um, been a lot of learning, but it's been a lot of action too. You know, it's been a lot Most of definitely. action. But uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Percent. Yeah, we'll have to talk. We yeah, be like because you said it, you started with 10k, man. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're pretty close to that. And, yeah. you know, we got that stashed out. So 100%. Maybe we could find something like in the desert or something. Dude, <laughs> we I could, mean, we like, could JV. There's so many different types of things. I mean, it's all about how you can add value, right? Yeah. So whether you are a, you're a deal finder, whether you're able to raise capital, whether you're able to, 
I don't know, maybe, you know, do some type of search. Maybe you're, you know, a lot about contracting, all these type of different things. But um, or maybe you just got the hustle. Like you, you can talk to a bunch of realtors and manage relationships with them and get them to send you a deal, all these type of different things. But um, yeah, like the the ideas are, are endless. It just takes a lot of creativity and hard work and, uh, and knowledge, too. You know, but for anyone who's persistent, if you got the goal, man, 100 well, percent, totally possible. Most definitely, man. Yeah, and you mentioned like I think a lot of the people that we've been interviewing say the importance of networking, whether mm. that be like you mentioned realtors, you mentioned you know uh, other people like contractors. Yep, uh, it, it's a lot of moving pieces to make a deal. Ha- well, first find the deal, and then actually you know see it through, and yep. and all the repairs and 100%, all that. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely a lot. Um, but it, you know. Stuff like, I mean, there's a lot of beauty in it, man. There's a beauty in the struggle. There's a beauty in that process and everything. And as long as you keep pushing through. You know? Yeah, exactly. Sure. But awesome, man. It's it's good to hear that you've come so far, so, you know, in such a short time. <laughs> and I know for a fact you're just going to keep killing it even more yeah, as time so. goes on. Fingers crossed, man. Yeah. Crossed. <laughs> it's funny. We'll see. We'll, we'll, a year from now, we'll come back and, and we'll see. We'll look back at this and be like, Mm, like i don't know where the hell i'm really gonna be at that year <laughs> but i can tell you one thing i'm gonna be doing a lot you know yeah. so on but that's how it is man <laughs> yeah exactly all right so moving on to kind of like the next part of it um like to ask the the guests a little bit about their upbringing mm. you know and kind of how that was uh, i think that one's upbringing you know tells a lot about the person and kind of molds who they become as an adult yeah and molds like how they do business even 100 so percent. tell us a little bit about that you already mentioned that you're from boston yeah which uh-huh. i think is so cool 100 percent. shout out to celtics yes sir yeah <laughs> um yeah man so born and raised in boston to um parents of nigerian immigrants right um my parents came to my dad came in i don't even know the year um but i think it might have been the early 80s and then he uh was here for a while. He went back to Nigeria, found my mom, and then I was born in 97. And growing up in that household, um, you know, I had an older, I have an old, I have an older brother. I have a younger sister and a younger brother. And in that household, it was, um, I guess, how do I describe it? It was, it was like a good mix of kind of American culture, but, you know, at the, at the root of our, you know, the foundation of our principles and our core were a lot of Nigerian values. Um, okay. And, a lot of a lot of that was uh, really centered around discipline, you know, um, being like focused and, uh, you know, being success minded and being growth minded, um, always thinking about elevation, um, no matter what I was doing, whether it was school, whether it was even sports, whatever it was, especially with academics and everything, the focus was always to get better and better and better and better. So, um, you know, for many, many years of my life, I thought I'd always go into like the health field or something like that. And um, even tried that in school and whatnot. And I thought I would go ahead and be some type of doctor and then go open up my own practice and grow and grow and grow and um, achieve kind of ultimate success. And I'm going something different. But it was always about kind of um, success and um, and treating each other with a lot of respect and whatnot, doing things together. You know? And so that's kind of what a lot of that um, was like in that, in that sense. Right on, man. 
I'm I'm curious. Do you speak? Is the yeah, the language is Igbo? Igbo, um, yeah. Okay. Where my parents are, I don't speak. I can understand a good amount of it. Yeah. Um, but I can, you know, I can, I can greet people and whatnot. I can get around. Um, enough to get into a fight, maybe. Um, just enough, <laughs> just enough, you know. But um, but no, no, no. I probably speak. I probably speak more Spanish, really. To be honest, just being, yeah, nice. just having it in classes and um, just being in America so long, you know, yeah. it's pretty popular. So, want to say something real quick for? Okay. Spanish speakers. Um, como estas? <laughs> Me llamo El Rey. El Rey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, um, y, um, yeah. Y, y tú? <laughs> That's go. awesome, bro. 100%. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. All right. That's cool. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. And it'll, it comes in handy in LA, man. Like, of course. Of course. LA is the second most uh, Hispanic populated city no way yeah no way. i think it's mexican actually mexican mexican and then okay. obviously the first one is mexico city come on people mm. i mean that only makes sense right okay <laughs> wow yeah yeah that's one thing that I definitely knows yeah definitely a big mexican population here definitely didn't have that much and much of that in boston there's a lot of i mean boston is a big mix of a lot of different stuff you got a lot of island culture like jamaicans haitians you'll have africans you'll have like dominicans and puerto ricans not too many mexicans um but over here you can see it a lot you know? yeah but it's good, man. It's good. I've, I've been, I've never met so many Mexicans up until now, you know, but it's been great. And, you know, I work with so many of them. I'm like, I've got a lot of Mexican friends now. And so, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I got my boy Levi. And so, um, we'll see. Actually, now that I really think about it, a lot of people that are going through my head right now, I'm like, oh, they're Mexicans, uh -huh. you know, but, but nothing but a joy. <laughs> Slowly, but surely taking over LA again. <laughs> Slowly, but surely, man, it's happening. What awesome, bro. Yeah, that's cool. Could you tell us a little more about the Nigerian culture? Because I've mm. I've met very few people from Nigeria. Okay. Really? Yeah. And yeah. you know, unfortunately, like a lot of the time, it's very quick kind of yeah. interactions. You know, hundred percent. Don't really get to sit down and talk like this. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I've been to I've been to Nigeria once in my life for about a couple of weeks and whatnot. However, um, and when I when I was younger, I remember I was like fourteen, and it felt more of like I was being dragged to go and, and instead of you know really you know, uh, going in and taking it all in, like how I would now. So I'm dying to go back. But one thing that was really, really nice about being in Boston um, was that there were a good amount of Nigerians in the city and there was a big community um, all over the city. So as far as every weekend, my church, it was Nigerians. And so uh, on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, afternoons and evenings, we'd have a bunch of cookouts. We'd have graduation nice. parties, birthday parties, all those type of things. And so it was hundreds of Nigerians all the time that we'd come in um, and hang out and barbecue and politics. We'd talk about sports, all those type of things. So I had that. So during the week, I was kind of, I was in the city and I was going to school, but on the weekends, I had a lot of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was full, like, you know, as far as the kind of culture, I mean, food was one thing that's one thing that's really important to the culture. Even till this day, I keep a bunch of jollof rice in my fridge all day, every day. Um, what, what is that? Um, I don't even know how else to explain it other than maybe the best rice in the world, you know? Oh, it's um, rice. Yeah, jollof rice. Okay. Yep, jollof rice. Yep, 100%. And um, that sounds good. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. One of these days you'll have some. <laughs> oh, definitely. 100%. So, um, you know, Growing up with a lot of different um, foods was great because I was exposed to America. I mean, just being in America, you're exposed to so many different um, food options. But really, in my household, it was all that type of food, um, whether it was jollof rice, a goosey soup, okra soup, um, gari, moi moi, plantains, all this type of stuff. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that I had a lot of that kind of um, growing up. But yeah, it was always great to, um, you know, 
it was always great to be around Nigerians because there's a huge level of respect that we have for one another and whatnot. You know, anybody that I had met or that was in our community, we had called them family, right? We'd call them our cousins oh, or our uncle wonderful. or our aunties, you know? So if I, if I even out here in LA, if I go to a, a Nigerian restaurant, it's, oh, hi, uncle, hi, auntie. You wow, know, that is cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and it was always treated like that. Always. I always, I always, always, always felt safe for my Nigerians now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome, bro. 100%. Yeah, I definitely want to try some Nigerian food. I don't think I... Mm, um, let me think, let me think. Yeah, it's not like it's everywhere. I might have had it once. Because okay. we do have, an, uh, like, I, well, it's my parents' friends, which okay. are... The husband is Nigerian. Okay, wow. So we were invited to their wedding. Okay. And so they were, you know, dressed up in their yep. you know, traditional attire. Uh-huh, yeah, attire. Beautiful wedding. Okay. And so I might have had their, you know, the food there. Yeah. But I, I don't remember. Like I was a kid. You know, this is so long ago now. Hundred percent. But I mean, now that I know that you cook, you do yeah. cook, right? You oh cook. no, no, no! no, no you don't that's cook. The thing. That's the thing. That's one thing I'll tell you about me. I do not cook very well. <laughs> oh yeah, I buy a bunch of the food and I'll buy it in bulk and I'll keep it in my fridge. <laughs> you know. Um, but still, but I can tell you that in my house, there's always gonna be some type of Nigerian food. Okay, whatnot, man, hundred percent. So yeah, man, you're welcome. You'll always be able to try some. 100%. Definitely. All right. Awesome. Good, good to know. I'm gonna hold you to that, man. Okay. Like, no problem gotcha all right but uh yeah and the thing about like different cultures like it i I think at the core no matter where we're from right yeah like we tend to have very basic very similar values Mm. right Mm. but maybe the way that it's expressed is a little different Mm. but i think it all comes down to the same thing because in the you know mexican culture uh as well like i'm first generation born here you know and so a kind of similar thing yeah, right yeah. and so when like my parents came from over there they brought all all those uh values and whatnot others you know to be respectful is, mm-hmm. is very important yeah you know no talking back to your parents and yeah. things like that oh yeah uh you know being respectful to your elders and yeah. and, and and talking to them and, and the way you talk to them 100 so i i i can see that that in common 100 percent, 100 percent. that's definitely there and yeah definitely similarity yeah definitely so uh what else do we usually talk about let me see let me think here go ahead um we tend to talk about like we, you know, we already talked about uh where, where you're from what you do how long you've been doing it and uh your culture which i think actually would be a pretty cool thing to bring up in in future podcasts like this is just happening right now but uh, i've enjoyed you know being able to talk about that yeah um i'm grateful you asked about that i don't think too many people do but that is actually a pretty important part of me Uh, yeah i think so it's (laughs) for sure it's definitely part of our identity as as individuals yeah um what else can you say as far as you know your your family goes Mm. like how they maybe influenced or didn't influence you specifically going into real estate yeah 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 you know it's actually funny um and this is cool because these are some of the first times I've, I've kind of expressed some of these thoughts actually so it's um yes some of these <laughs> yeah um i mean so um my fa- so my parents had always wanted us to be in health um you know in that culture it was they want you to be a doctor lawyer engineer that's really all you got like you know um you better be one of those and so i tried i literally tried i tried in school I'm after the first year, my grades were telling me, yeah, you can't be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. <laughs> so I was like, all right, bro, I got to figure it out. Um, I got to figure out my real passions or whatever. Um, but I think deep inside, you know, my, my father's always been, 
an entrepreneur actually. Really? Um, he's always been someone that's always running his own businesses and everything. Never really had a big team or anything like that, but was always, you know, he had never worked any any kind of job um, or anything like that. You know, he was always um, out there hustling and doing all of his stuff um, and was kind of a, a jack of all trades kind of guy. That's um, awesome. And so I think in recent years, I've kind of realized I'm probably a lot more like my dad than I realized in some ways. Um, you know, I didn't think I would ever be anything like him or what he was kind of doing um, as far as working for yourself and and whether it's flipping things and, you know, just get, getting by and I'm thinking of the next thing. Um, but I think a lot of that, you know, I think I may have seen from him and um, and really was maybe inspired by secretly. Um, so there's there's that aside from that. Um my mom was a, my mom worked in corporate America. My mom worked in corporate America, Bank of America, doing like a, a bunch of kind of, um, what is it, account treasury work, but also administrative stuff as well. Um, and she did that for many, many, many years. But, you know, she was comfortable there and it was consistent and whatnot. But after, I think, um, really, what was it? I, you know, I think things going on in the economy, things were getting tricky over there. And she could see kind of some of the drama out there. She switched uh. her career to health in the last couple of years. However... Just her seeing that, um, you know, working so hard for so many years and then going and there's still after so much, you know, maybe loyalty and respect um, this, you know, you still not may not have your, your job secure. You know, um, me seeing that, um, especially kind of as I was getting older, you know, kind of had me feel maybe a certain way about like corporate America. Maybe I was like, yeah, I had to uh, keep my eye out for it and make sure like, hey, like um, like with this corporate America thing. <laughs> I got to watch out what I'm really getting myself into um, and, you know, what the real rewards are. So I was always kind of skeptical of it. And so as I started working in corporate America right after I graduated, um, yeah, I was like, man, I, don't, I really don't think I want to do this. And um, I think I might want to be more like my dad and uh, start hustling, trying to flip something, start flipping houses. Uh, yeah. So that, man, that's awesome. Yeah. The, yeah. I was, cause I was wondering too, uh, you know, some people, they mentioned how their parents, you know, they would have their own businesses or, you know, they, some were just always working at it, the same job for yeah. many years. And yeah. so everyone has a different kind of um, perspective when it comes to how you support yourself. 100%. And it, it's great to see that in your case, like you kind of already had that example, yeah. even though you maybe didn't even notice it yeah. at, at first, you know, or in the beginning. Absolutely. But uh, as time has gone by, you're like, oh, well, I'm kind of doing this basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, um, and I'm grateful that my dad has been able to kind of maybe show me um, a certain way. I don't think he ever wanted me to, to and I'm, I still, I mean, truly, I still, I think he'd be happy if I got some type of high paying job and was just, you know, wasn't taking quote unquote risks. Yeah. Um, however, um, you know, you, with all the work that he's put in and all the sacrifices, it's now giving me someone to, to not only just like look up to, but to do better than in that sense, you know, that's, that's one of his wishes. Like, Hey, I want you to, see all the stuff that we've done and do better, you know? And so, um, that's kind of my, my, my goal. I want to, I want to be a rock star in this thing, you know? And so there you um, go. I try to go get it. Yeah. And, and tell us now a little bit about the move. Cause you were, you're from Boston. Yeah. You've only been here a few months now. I mean, at the time of this recording, that's right. How has that been, dude? Cause that's, Shoot, you're you're really brave for doing that. I don't know if I'd be, ever be able to make a move like that on my own. A hundred percent. It's interesting. So, 
I guess what really brought me to LA before this, I did a semester of school in LA, right? Um, I think my junior year of college, as I was making all these YouTube videos and everything and kind of getting into the media space, I was like, hey, let me check out LA. It seems to be like the, the hub of that and kind of um, the center of all those things. So let me see what it's about. And I remember doing a semester and I was, you know, focusing on trying to fit in in this kind of maybe like Hollywood thing. I'd be around like kind of high profile people and um, other people in YouTube doing certain things. I thought it was cool, but immediately I was like really turned off by by all the that's where I really saw the stereotypical fake like, oh, L.A. kind of uh, thing, you yeah, know, where yeah. things were very transactional. Um, people people don't really. There weren't a lot of real kind of good relationships or, or blossoming relationships or anything growing there in that sense. Um, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how it is out there because, like, and I, and I think what I figured out was, you know, if you're in a, in a lane like that when there's a lot of, you know, clout and, um, and popularity, people can, be you know, skyrocket to the top so fast or whatever. So when you see that, people are des- people get desperate. You know, they'll do whatever it takes to be in that kind of – whether it's that room, I mean, you always want to get in the room. That's good. You should get in the room. But man, like all the type of lying and this and whatever, immediately with all the values that I talked about, you know, as far as um, you grew up with a hundred percent, everything was just off, you know, also being in Boston too. Boston in many ways can kind of be an opposite of LA because Boston, they're not very much so into the media and the marketing and entertainment. Boston's a lot more of like the nerds. You got the tech, you got all the schools, you got Harvard, Boston mm, University, yes. Boston College, Northeastern University, MIT, all these like really good and established schools. Um, and it's, you know, I would say like very kind of business oriented, finance oriented, all those kind of um, things versus over here. I mean, yeah, you got like UCA, UCLA, USC a little bit, but it's not a, a That's huge honestly focus. about it. Yeah, yeah, 100%, <laughs> yeah. 100%. And so um, it's crazy. So coming from that area and coming over here, it was like an odd mix of like, oh, now nah, this is this is not how I want to work. I want to like I want to really grind and earn everything that I got and I'll build it from the ground up if I got to, you know. Yeah. So um, so that was one thing that I, that I did. So I, after um, however, at the same time, when I was in L.A. for those few months, I had loved the actual city. I love the weather. That's one thing that you that's one thing you might not know about, <laughs> you know, as far as the snow, rain, wind, like, you know, every other day, there's something like that in Boston, especially in the winter and whatnot. Dude, it gets it gets bad. So um, not having to do any of that, being in you know February and March, being in a hot tub during that time is incredible um, versus in Boston. You just no option to do that, you know, at least yeah, not outdoors. Too. Right. You know, so um, I said I remember telling myself if I ever got the opportunity to go back, I would. And um. I got the opportunity. One of my my roommate now he had a job that um that that I opened up and he took it in L.A. He said, "Hey, I need a roommate." And I just had some deals close over in in Boston at the time, and I had I had the freedom. I wasn't tied into any deals or anything. And I said, "Hey, man, screw it. Let's I might do just it. move over there." And um, I knew some guys at Future Flipper and whatnot, and All Star Program, and you know Ed and Renee. These are some guys in um like Milk House Crew and whatnot, and. They said, yeah, man, come on. We could try to figure out something for you or whatnot. And I uh, got my way into this first deal and started chugging away. There you go. 100%. Man, bro. Yeah, man. But, okay, do you ever get homesick, though? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I definitely do. I definitely do. I can say one thing. So I've been really happy out here in L.A. I can definitely say since I've been gone, I really realized that I do love Boston. I do. And it's funny because a lot of people – at least a lot of people in my friend groups or people that I w- would, you know, kind of grow up with would always be like, oh, I'm trying to get out. I hate it, whatever, blah, 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 sometimes. <laughs> and um, 
looking back at it, man, I I I don't want to say I took it for granted because I always did love the city and I always did appreciate it. But I'm like, damn, um, it is a very beautiful and unique ci- a city with a bunch with a bunch of character um, to it. And so it means a lot to me and whatnot. Um, as far as like family, when I definitely get homesick, I'm seeing that I'm not being able to see, uh, see them as often as I want. However, it kind of uh, motivates me to really grind and hustle and to um, achieve success even a lot faster than um, than I would than maybe I was planning to or, or or whatnot. So I can really design a lifestyle that's going to allow me to be constantly seeing them, bringing them over there, there uh, over there, or me going there, or doing all these type of things. So um, I'm definitely super motivated being out here. I can tell you that for sure. You know, and so um, yeah. But I do I do definitely get homesick. I miss Boston. I do. Yeah. I love it. What's something from Boston that, you know, I guess since we were talking about food earlier. Yeah. I'm a big food guy. Ooh. What's something mm. that you miss from over there that you don't really see over here or you haven't seen at all over I mean, here? I mean, as far as, well, there's a few things, but as far as food, um, with me, I just think back to my town and my local spots that were like really, really close to me, which is just like maybe a chicken spot or my favorite pizza place, stuff like that. Stuff that like, because I, I did go back and visit like two or three months ago and I just went to all my local shops and everything. And I was like, oh man, because that, that type of stuff you literally cannot find other places, like the little mom and pop shops. Right. Um, so stuff like that. But as far as like Boston, what are some things that Boston has that um, LA doesn't? Um, one, I mean, you could say the seasons as a as a pro, you know, it, it is it is cool to like around this time of the year to see fall like leaves falling and leaves changing colors and uh you know you get to change in different outfits and you know wear scarves and you know uh, show a different kind of side of the uh, your attire um right. so that's cool um one thing about it is also the sports like i mean yeah there's sports here or whatever but like the type of intensity that people in new england have it's definitely it's crazy it's unmatched 100 percent. you know it's got a big reputation for being a, a sports kind of city because a city like that one thing that I love is like everybody in Boston. You everybody's a, a Pats fan. You're uh, like a Celtics fan. I don't even watch baseball, but I'm a Red Sox fan. You have to be, man. But it's unlike like over here in LA. I'll ask somebody, "What's your team?" And they're saying, "Oh, I like Dallas." Or I like you know the Clip. Some people like the Clippers or Lakers. Um, I hear Lakers a lot, of course. But I'll hear you know because a lot of people move into LA. Right. I hear put things from like everywhere else, but in Boston, it was just like, hey, everybody loves sports everybody loves their team and whatnot and so that was one thing that was um really beautiful to see in the city as well um and yeah it's a little cleaner over there i'll, I'll give them that too i that's one thing about la like LA, yeah you know, some, some areas are cute some areas are cute some areas are like uh. especially downtown like you can you can go from one street like to the other and it's like Crazy. wow yeah you know unfortunately yeah 100 percent. you know that's the one thing the homelessness thing is definitely real here that's one thing that i I noticed pretty quick you know um we have like homelessness in boston in certain areas maybe certain areas downtown boston and whatnot um but like with la everywhere i go and and i park my car i'm greeted with like a homeless person pretty much like every time you know so it's kind of unfortunate and, and whatnot but um we'll see what the the city and the government's going to be able to do about that and whatnot but I have to wait and see, honestly. <laughs> we'll yeah. have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, thank you for sharing all that stuff, man. 100%. Like, uh, I, I would definitely love, I've, I've been to Boston. I could say I've been to Boston. Oh, you have? But it was oh, like, for, flight. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> yeah, you had told me. You had, oh, you had told, to you. told me. Yep, yep, yep. 
Yeah. So, I mean, technically, you know, but... Yeah. I've been to Spain as well. Yeah. Only for a connecting flight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I it can counts. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I definitely would like to go check it out. There's a lot of history there, too. It's very history rich. Absolutely. You know, the Boston Tea Party, which is like yeah. one of my favorite history lessons that I ever learned. Yeah. And it's like so ingrained in my mind. Uh, like I would love to go and see like the port where that happened. Mm. I don't even, is it still a port? I don't even know. Like, um, man, I'll tell you this history was not one of my favorite subjects. At really? All. Um, what was it? Boston people. I don't know where it was. Boston Harbor something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all this. It's I all mean, there. as far as history. And if you're into that type of stuff, Oh man, like my whole high school, not just high school, growing up, elementary school, middle school, all these trips. Oh, a ton of history, especially American history. Oh yeah. That's where it all started, you know? So, um, a hundred percent. I was all over there. Yeah. Which is another cool thing about, you know, living on the East coast and in the new England, you know, territory. Yeah. Like you don't have any of that out here in LA. Like it's a completely different thing. Uh, everything that you learn about the early American history it all happened over there. Ah, like everything yeah. is over there. You know, like yeah. uh, this, like what, uh, west of Texas, yeah. it's like all relatively new. Yeah. You ah, know? That is true. That is definitely because like if you look at real estate, that's one thing that's super interesting too because here, if a home, <laughs> this is so funny to me, if a home was built in 1940 or 1950s here, like, you're like, oh, that's an old house. In Massachusetts, that is like a newer home. Yeah, you know, most of the homes that I was kind of dealing with, um, I mean, what we had, I mean, I had some in the er, in the early 1930s and whatnot, but that was like I was older there. Um, I mean, that that was like a newer home for that area and whatnot. But like, dude, I'd come across homes all the time, 1800s, 1820, 18, that's cool, 1805, 1850. That was a regular, um, you know. And so that's what old is or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, here I'll, I'll see homes that are, you know, 20, 30 years old and we're, we're flipping them or whatnot. And that's uh -huh. crazy to me versus um, like 20, you don't you don't even see homes that to flip at, that are 20, 30 years old. That's a, that's a new home over there. That's insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the price difference too. Like, dude, like it does not make any sense. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, like And um, that's another thing as far as differences um, in Boston. You have a lot of multifamily homes, right? So you'll have three family homes everywhere because um, it's, a, it's a small kind of density. Like if you look at New York, very, very dense. Yeah. And there's like 20 unit buildings, 100 unit buildings, 200 unit buildings in New York. But in Boston, you'll see, I mean, yeah, you'll see, you know, 20 unit buildings and all that type of stuff. But you'll see a lot of three family homes. You'll see a lot of two family homes. Um, and in Boston, those go for like right in the middle of Boston. A, a two or three family home could go for anywhere from seven eight hundred thousand to a million a million two a million three right now um but like here i mean a million i mean i bought this home that i'm flipping right now is single family house we bought 1.15 and that was ugly that was ugly, ugly. <laughs> we're trying to resell it at like 1 1.5 1 1.6 1.7 it's yeah. only a single family home that's, that's crazy nuts. yeah it really is well, i mean i don't know maybe it's time to go rural or something you know? yeah. i honestly want to try that mm. to to kind of start off because mm. I don't have a lot of working capital yet. Yeah. But I mean, it's an option. 100%. Yeah. Do you still like, are you still trying to do deals in Boston? Like, do you have um, anyone over there that you know, you talk I, to? You know, I have not been actively trying to do so. Um, that's one of my, re now that I, I don't want to say regrets. I don't, re I never have regrets. I always just learn and uh, have lessons. One of the things, I guess maybe now that I've learned, uh, 
I wish that before I had left, I'd maybe trained somebody over there about all my systems and processes of how mm. I'm doing everything to have somebody take over. Yeah. Um, and then that way I could have had some type of partnership or some type of team. Um, I mean, it's been working out great here in LA and whatnot, but maybe in that way I could have had um, kind of both. But at the same time, as I grow on social media and um, stay connected with a lot of people, I, I can definitely see a lot of opportunity over there because the key is the real key in this real estate game is to have the right people around you. Exactly. You know, that's the real key, whether it's mentors, whether it's a team and all that stuff. And I'm really, really, really proud to say that I definitely found the right people um, over there in, um, in mass. That's part of the reason why I'm able to kind of, you know, do so. I don't want to say do so well so fast, but I guess in this, I mean, year, yeah. in this last year and a half or in, in two years, I've made about like a quarter million in, in real estate right now, um, as far as just from profits. Um, and I think a lot of it was for great mentorship and, and great people to look up to and leaders and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from them. And uh, I'm trying to implement a lot of the things that they did over there to build a community um, over here. Uh, definitely. 100%. And I'm sure, like, as you grow with time, because you're local over there, yeah. I don't think it would be that complicated to now, once you do have your systems in place or yeah. kind of what you have already going here, yeah. just find those people again, maybe maybe even the same people you worked with. And, you know, you have, 100%. like, a, another area <laughs> a thousand percent and i probably could and, and it's wild because you know how they do they always tell you like oh so, well they have a bunch of different opinions but some people will say oh invest in your backyard or whatever you know they right. are so well even though even for me being in boston i lived like, in the city i wanted to go i used to go an hour out because the prices were cheaper yeah if i were to ever go back and do deals in boston or even in those areas like uh surrounding areas I actually really do know those areas very, 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 very well. Um, mm. I know I know which areas are trending in, in uh, certain directions. I know which areas are going down and all that stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, you could also just have a person who knows all that stuff too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Yes, sir. Well, we've come to the part of the podcast okay. where I like to ask about a sweet and a sour story. So we'll start with like the sour, Okay, you know? Uh, the bad first <laughs> was been like one of those stories or experiences that you've had so far in real estate that you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is terrible. Or like, <laughs> I, I don't see the light at the end of the tubble, tunnel yeah. type of deal or Ooh. just something that was like very, even like something that was just very annoying or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like you you know? decide what you want to share. Gotta be, but you keep, know, you know, we want to keep it real though. No, hundred percent. Keep it real. Not everything is, oh, you no, know, not at all. butterflies 100%. and roses. <laughs> and, um, it's funny because until you, until you said anything annoying, I was like, Oh, I don't think I really have anything, but there were definitely some things that were annoying and, and are could, I have a bunch of, I guess what maybe other people might look at as, Oh, horrible and whatever. Yeah. I see everything as just lessons or me getting closer, right? So, t you know, say if I flipped a home and I lost like a hundred thousand, I've never done that. <laughs> but, but, um, say I did, I would be like, oh, well, I'm getting closer to my goal of making millions or something. Um, but anyways, my one tragic, like I guess, kind of tragic things. There was a there was a lot of disappointing moments. There were a lot um, where I almost wanted to maybe tear up or something. There was never a point where I wanted to quit, though. I'll okay. tell you that there was never a point. Um, but I would, I guess, um, I guess before ever doing my first deal, and I always remember this, my partner and I, um, we, I went in and we tried to, what did we try to do? Um, oh yeah, we were trying to flip a single family home in Millbury, Massachusetts, some random town and whatnot, um, about an hour away outside of Boston. Wait, 
What is it called? Millberry. Millberry? Yeah. Isn't that where they shot like, uh, what's that one show? <laughs> the Andy Griffith show or something? Oh, I don't know. I don't or know. I'm I'm think, maybe I'm thinking Mulberry. Maybe. I'm know. not a big TV guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? Might, who knows? might be. But um, yeah. Um, and we had put my, you know, we had, we had found a house that was really cheap. Um, we had done all the repair. We got a bunch of estimates from GCs and whatnot for the repairs and everything was uh, lining up. And we ran the comps and everything. Everything looked good. We put earnest money to depo- uh, deposit down $10,000, half for me, half for my partner. And pretty much once we got into escrow, right, and we were doing some more kind of due diligence or trying to trying to get some more work done, oh, I had another, like, mentor kind of stop by and realize, like, hey, you know, like, the, the ARV of this place isn't as, as high as, you know, you were projecting. And I was like, huh, like, what, what do you mean? We ran all the comps for single-family homes that, you know, had three bedrooms and one baths, and, you know, we looked at this, and he was like, no, but, you know, there's no backyard here, right? And, like, also in these bedrooms, like, the bedrooms are a lot, um, uh, you know, the, the roofs were slanted, and it was a lot, you know, really, really, uh, really t- uh, like, what, tiny and not very spacious in those beds, um, in those bedrooms, and, like, as compared to other bedrooms, some of the other bedrooms were a lot more cleaner or a lot more uh, spacious than, like, the comps and whatnot, but in this one, it was just a lot more tight, and, seeing all these kind of things and there's these foundation issues, whatever that, that, you know, could be recoverable, but it just didn't look that good. And so her kind of the cur- uh, curb appeal and whatnot. And so I'm like, our ARV just kept going down, down, down lower than all the comps um, were showing. And so pretty much we had the option to either take on that flip and make like no money on that. Um, or we could like back out and you lose, lose 5, your earnest yeah yeah, earnest yeah. money uh-huh exactly lose the earnest money and we decided to lose the earnest money because one it was going to be tough to find people to lend on that deal because it was so tight um or or we couldn't maybe even lose money so people didn't want to lend on the deal and whatever um how, how much was the earnest money in this there was ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah ten thousand that would yeah uh, that me, definitely hurts partner. oh yeah yeah, yeah. before i'd ever done a deal or anything you know um, and it was the fastest money I've ever lost. Cause you know what, what happens is, what happens is, you know, you put your earnest money down, whatever you're like, okay, cool. Time's going by and you start to figure out that you want to back out the deal. And after a little back and forth and you can't really come to an agreement, it's like, all right, we got to back out. Can we have our earnest money back? And they're like, nope. And that's it. That's it. Like you, it's, that's all you can really do. You know, they, you signed an agreement before that we're buying cash as is. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And so it's just like that. I had to keep moving on with my life and whatever. And it was a little, it was a little, it was actually, it was actually very disappointing for me um, until. Yeah, I, I bet it was. A thousand percent. And it was very disappointing for me. Um, but I remember going to that partner a couple years older than me at the time. I think I was 23 and he was maybe 25, 26. But he had tried other things in life before. And he had, I remember calling him, <clears throat> I remember calling him and telling him like, hey, Chris, like, dude, this is. This is tough, man. I'm sorry. I was kind of leading this and whatnot. I mean, all, all of this stuff. And I wish we could have, I wish it could have worked out better. And he looked at me and he said like, he's like, what, bro? You never lost money before? <laughs> that was the first thing you said. That was the first thing you said. Um, it cheered me up. It cheered me up. And that was all I needed to keep going, man. It's like, all right, cool. That was it. Because Close I, that chapter. That was it, you know? Because I knew I, 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 I knew so much. I had read so many books. I had watched everything on the internet. I met a lot of good people. I felt like I had good mentors. Um, I just knew I had to keep going. I, I felt like I was closer. I was like, I was like, wow, look, I got contractors in there. I did this, 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 this. I got people to see the house, blah, blah. I'm, 
all right, if this isn't it, the next one, yeah, I mean, yeah, I lost 5000 here, but the next one, I'm, I'm going to make forty, thirty thousand dollars something. Um, and then soon after, I made $70,000 a few months later. You know? Wow. So, yeah. That's man. wonderful. 100%. Yeah, so Still. that might be my... I guess my one kind of daunting moment, but even then I felt like I was getting closer. That was my mindset. It was, I was, I almost, it was almost like a celebration. Like, you know, like congrats, like you, you're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 like it's one less failure, you know, that you have to deal with now. A hundred percent. Closer to, to your actual goal, man. That's, that's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that you had a happy or ending to that story. Like, yeah. So just a couple of months later, you, that's when you made, that's it. The seventy k. Yeah, I think I first lost slip. that money in like February, and I think I, I found. Uh, I think two months later, I got a property under contract. Two months after that, I closed on it and bought it, and then I think I had, had my sold it. It was a really really quick flip turnaround. I think I sold that by the end of August or something. Yeah, literally a month, like not even six months. That's 100%. insane. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That that definitely. You know, pumps me up, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Definitely. 100%. Would Would you say that's kind of like the sweet story, or yeah. do you have some that, other story where that's the sour story? Right. Like yeah, that's the sour story. Yeah, yeah. As far what, as um, yeah. What's been the like, like oh my gosh, like I'm on top of the world type of story, like man. Um, I think that moment for me was really when, I guess, when I had made that seventy k, um, and I'd flipped these two condos, um. And the market was really, really hot. That was at the, one of those times where you can kind of throw anything on the market and um, make some type of money. I mean, if you, found, if you were able to find a good deal, because finding a good deal in that time was really, really hard. Um, mm. So that was the case there. So I would go ahead and um, well, I think remember, I remember making that 70K and just being like, you know, feeling on top of the world and saying like, wow, uh, this is ridiculous. Because with the things that I knew, I knew I could take a lot of this money reinvest it and make it easier for me to find the next deals you know i knew i could find mentors i knew i could hire cold callers i knew i could do all these different things that could take me to the next level and and make this a repeatable process um i knew i could document it and market it on social media and whatnot and help other people see have that same message and whatnot um so with, with all that knowledge i was like man this is a big w because I'm going to figure it out. I know that. And I just got a bunch of extra money to go figure it out too. I didn't think about, you know, getting that cash and getting a Mercedes or getting my, getting my BMW. I want a Mercedes so bad. I'm going to do it soon. I'll do, Uh, (laughs) but I have to stay below my means and everything. Um, and whatnot, because I did that and, um, it could have all, it could have probably still worked out for me and whatnot. It just would have made it tougher for me to run my business and whatnot. A couple months after that, I flipped another home and, like I think, what that was in that was in August when it came. By the end of January, I'd made another one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Wow! So like, things are moving pretty fast and doing that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Know? So like, yeah, yeah, those were my my real big moments where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm on top of the world. And right after that seventy k one, I think I quit my job too. Oh, like, that's yeah, that's yeah, that was the yeah, best one. That was that's the best amazing. One. That was like a week right after the. Um, the 70k i think I, I had no plans to quit but my boss is talking to me a little too sassy and i said you know what? i'm done <laughs> i don't i don't gotta be here no more i'm gone i'm gone this has been fun whatever i definitely do not need this anymore if anything i can go back and get another job i was only making 60k a year at that job anyways it didn't mean anything to me you know so yeah i do appreciate the people that brought that gave me the opportunity and whatnot i value those relationships but aside of 
everything else I had to go, you know, chase my calling, man, my purpose. Of course. hundred percent. That's amazing. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you so much for sharing that story. hundred percent, man. It's got to be real, man. Keeping it authentic. Exactly. <laughs> Which is something I really appreciate about you, man. Like you, you bring that energy and the enthusiasm, but you're, you also like to keep it very real. That's right. And uh, I'm glad too that you haven't allowed like the whole, you know, stereotypical LA vibe yeah. about the fakeness that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's like you haven't let that corrupt you. I hope you don't let it corrupt you ever. I hope not too. I don't right. think you will though. No, I don't think so. I came like, I was disgusted by it the first time when I first uh, had to come into it. But I also had to take some accountability and think about like, all right, what kind of role did I play in this? And what was my mindset? And what's the right mindset to have and whatnot? And um, man, with me, one thing that my high school really, really taught me and instilled in me um, was that the essence of life is in relationships, right? Mm. With relationships and people, man, I'm playing the long game. You know, um, I want to meet a lot of people and then, you know, from all those people that I meet very naturally, you know, I'm going to be able to filter out like, you know, a bunch of the other fakeness and whatever. And I'll be left with, you know, the, the a, a core group of people. Right. Whether it's a core friend group or core community or whatever. Um, if I put out a lot of energy out into the world, if I put out a lot of content, if I meet a lot of people and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to hang with all of them. Man. I'm not going to promise everyone oh, I can hang with whatever, but. Whatever comes out of that will be some natural and, and raw relationships. And I just learned to not not expect anything from anyone, you know, so 100 percent, 100 percent. Yeah. And especially as I've gotten older and learned that I think maybe before I would expect things or whatever. And then when it wouldn't happen, it's this disappointment. But now I don't expect anything. I just try to help and add value and then see what comes back. That's it. That's, that's, it. that's the best way to go about it. Anyone out there that, yeah. you know, has been thinking about doing content or yeah going down a certain career path maybe starting a podcast maybe starting a podcast you know that that's really and in any business too like we were reminded at the mastermind you know how you just want to provide as much value as you can yeah. and you know in the end of the day because you provide so much value like that's why people are going to be drawn to you and that's why people are going to trust you 100 percent. and then you can actually do something with those relationships that's right yeah that's right Boom. so yeah that's it man uh, one last question for you. Go ahead. If you had to choose a current life soundtrack, like a song mm. that kind of fits the vibe of what you're going through Ooh. right now, <laughs> what song oh, I love that would that question. be? <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. and like oh. we share that music, you know, love for music. So oh, I knew you would enjoy do. that question. We do. Oh man, Levi, I love that question. Oh man. Oh, I don't, I'm getting emotional right now. Uh-huh, man. Um, Let me man. get the tissue. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few, man. Woo. One that just comes right to the top of my mind is a song called I Wonder by Kanye West. Find your dreams come true. And I wonder if you know what it means. What it means. And I wonder. If you know what it means, what it means. And man, um, you know, we talk about Kanye West, right? There's a lot of opinions about him. Very controversial dude, um, yeah. whatnot. <sighs> There's a lot of, you know, negative and weird stuff that comes with him, whatever. And it's, I, I box all that into like, yeah, this guy's like a weirdo, a little crazy. And that's all there and valid. You take away <laughs> that stuff, right? And you look at the, the other things. Man is actually a walking genius and whatnot. Mm. And um, back then in some of his earlier music, 
you can hear the belief in him in himself. You know what I'm saying? You can hear the confidence that he would have in himself, the dreams that he would have. He would stay up all night with these dreams. He just couldn't help it. Um, and he knew that he was, he knew that he was great before anyone else saw that. Yeah. Um, and he would manifest it in his music and talk about man, all of his dreams and, um, and in that song in, in particular. And so that stuff's really, really beautiful because I can, I can relate. I feel like I'm at that point where I'm like, man, it's about to happen. And it's all about wondering about, Hey, it's called, like, uh, I, I wonder, it's all just about, you know, how far can you really take your dreams and your vision and how, how, how over the top can you go? And you're, and you're, you're about to get there, bro. So just keep going. So, yeah, dude, I love that. And I can't wait to hear this. I think I've heard it before, but you know, definitely want to, uh, I look it up and be like, Oh, okay. That's what he's talking about. A hundred percent. I love that question though. Yeah. And such a profound too reason of why you like that song, (laughs) bro. And yeah, whatever people may say about Kanye, he did, always have that about himself yeah. where he he believed in himself and you know i mean you know the man's successful in 100%. his music and in his different like brands that he's he's 100%, done 100%. so i mean that's if anything you know you don't have to like kanye west, west out there mm-hmm. but if there's one thing that you can take away from him it's probably that yeah believe in yourself before anyone does because that's really the only way people believe in you that's if right. you believe in yourself first that's right and then just start taking action. Like my man King's here. He's been yes, taking sir. action and yes, making it happen. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, man. That's what it is. I'm looking forward to like, to actualizing a lot of my ideas and whatnot. Um, I'm not even sure what type of things are going to be ahead, but it's going to be a lot, man. Cause I move fast. You know, it's all about just the, the action, action, but I really look forward to, um, to adding as much value as possible. I just know that that's, that's where it is with me. Like I know if I can help as many people as possible in the best way that I can, it'll all come back to me, you know? So definitely that's just where it is, man. But I do, you do got to believe in yourself. That's one thing. I don't expect anyone to believe in me before I'm able to really, really believe in myself. So I took a lot of hard work and uh, being, being consistent with myself, getting, you know, a lot of self-discipline, you know, really to do a lot of things in business and, and whatnot. And, to be putting out a bunch of content, to be out there, you know, buying homes and all this stuff and starting businesses, you've got to be able to be very disciplined. You've got to be able to lead all those kind of things. So uh, you got to, you got to get, make sure that you're, you know, right within before you go out there and expect other people to, to invest. There you in go. You. Uh, yeah. I completely agree with that, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Good stuff. 100%. Get yourself straight first. Yes, sir. And then everything else will come a little easier. It's never easy, but at least a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's how awesome, it goes, man. man. What's the one last thing that you could tell the audience? You know, maybe they're thinking about specifically going into real estate. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that you can give them? <sighs> All right. Man. All right. My advice for anyone who's thinking about getting into real estate. I would say be educated in what you're trying to do, right? But I would say this as well. Educate yourself and learn as fast as you can. You know, if you want to, you know, be able to take action and really change your life as soon as you can. Um, because it's, it's really, really easy in real estate to, you know, start learning a little bit and um, maybe getting there, maybe meeting the right people. But it's tough to, it is really tough to start taking that action and start taking risk. Um but usually what helps you get over that is a lot more education, meeting a lot more people, um, reading a lot more books, all those kind of things. So that's what I would say. Educate and learn fast and then 
be ready to take a risk and believe in yourself. Make sure that you believe in yourself, though. You know, so um, when, you, when you're able to do that and really believe in yourself, you know, you'll feel really, really comfortable um, taking that risk and betting yourself. And it, it won't come off as very risky because you put in the work, you put in the um, the time and the hours to develop those relationships. You put in the time and the hours to develop that work ethic and you'll be all right. Dang. Yes, sir. That's good stuff, man. 100%. It almost sounded like you were quoting The Rock right there. Boom. Put in the work, put in the hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put in the work, put in the hours. Da, 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 da. We ever devour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's The Rock, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, awesome, man. Very good advice. Solid advice. 100%. I'm going to take some of that to heart, too. Oh. So maybe that's what I got to do. You know, meet a few more people, keep yeah. educating myself. 100%. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's what it comes down to, man. Hundred so percent. Appreciate man. you. Sure. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Of course. Unfortunately, you know, yeah, I mean, not unfortunately. I guess we could keep talking if we want to, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, around two-ish. Oh, yeah, it's already past one. But all right, 100%. we'll wrap it up here. But uh, thank sure. you for coming on. Of course. Where can people find you on social media, man? On Instagram, follow me at kings.nko, and on YouTube, Kings Commentary, baby. So uh, you'll see me. <laughs> there you go yes, thank sir. you so much again for 100%. taking the time this has been a raspberry lemonade signing off have a great day one last thing too if you're interested in taking on any mentorship or coaching future flipper that's right that's where it's at all that will be in the description so with that i'll leave you have a lovely day 100%. see ya Studio Productions. Hope you've enjoyed the program.